Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. So after what feels like a very extended period of time of cloudy weather, but, but good warm weather, we're finally getting to the point where we are leaving the seedling stage and entering into vegetative growth for both corn and, and soybeans. Here to talk to us about what's actually going on in the plant and particularly beneath the soil with us, we have Wayne Fithian. Welcome back, Wayne. Hi, Jim. Good to be back. Good, good. So, Wayne, there is a lot to talk about that's going on underneath the soil right now. Can you just start us off a little bit with uh, with what we might be talking about today? Well, you're exactly right. June's a huge month underneath the soil surface if we're going to have at least a, the crop that we want to have. And and as always, there's some really good things going on under the soil surface in June, and there's some not-so-good things that we'll have to monitor, right? Have to keep track of and maybe make some management decisions on. Exactly. You know, I tend to be a bit of an optimist, and so let's start with the good. Yeah, I like the good too. You know, June is a big month for the root system. It is when both uh, soybeans and corn, sorghum too, I started to say sorghum, Mm -hmm. it's when all of them really put down that and establish that extensive root system that they're going to need to get through the rest of the season. And, you know, for example, corn right now, it's pushing deeper than it is tall, and it'll continue to deep push deeper than it is tall as it gets taller through the rest of the month. And, and soybeans, of course, they're not very tall to start with, so they're going deeper than they are tall by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both crops will have the area between the rows, so they'll have that furrow completely... Uh, explored by the time we get to the middle of the month. Mm -hmm. And really that's setting the stage for, uh, for nutrient uptake and for water uptake later in the season. And June is a huge month for nutrient uptake. And so this, this well-established root system and getting this root growth we wanted couldn't be more important to set the crop up for success. Absolutely. You know, like you said, having a deep extensive root system is extremely important to making a healthy crop later on in the year. That's how you get a lot of the resilience from the plant. That's how the plant reaches all the nutrients. And, you know, as we know from various studies, approximately 60% of corn's nitrogen is taken up during the month of June. So having a healthy root system is really, really important during that time. Now, can you tell us about soybeans and nitrogen? Well, you know, Jim, as you know, the soybeans fix their nitrogen from the atmosphere. They do that through a, a relationship they have with a bacteria that's common to the soil. That's the rhizobium bacteria. And that, uh, that association starts just as the soybean seedling is establishing, so as it's emerging, coming out of the ground. And so by the time we get a little further into June, we should be able to start seeing those nodules developing on the root system. And that's something we want to go out and check and, and make sure that those nodules are there. Exactly. And, you know, as, as you mentioned this, you know, today is not quite June 1st, so you wouldn't necessarily be able to find those nodules today, but in three Maybe four weeks, it's probably possible. Yeah, yeah. start to see some uh, early early swelling, even maybe in a couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. and certainly we'd see well-established nodules by the early part of July. Yeah, absolutely. So, we should probably talk about the not-so-good. Yeah. So, <laughs> there are things that can happen beneath the soil that would be detrimental to our crop. Can you tell us a little bit about what we should be watching for? Well, I think, you know anything that's going to hamper root development. So one of the first things that comes to mind for me and that I always kind of watch for in in later part of May and certainly June is soil compaction. You know, mm-hmm. do I have 
uneven growth in the stand. So some plants not growing as quickly with others, usually with a pattern. Mm-hmm. That pattern could be with the rows or it could be on an angle to the rows. It just depends on what caused, what kind of traffic caused the compaction that's out there. But So I, when I go out and look at a field in early June, I'm looking for any patterns that I can see where I don't have the kind of growth consistently across the canopy that I want to see in every plant. And if I start to see some uneven growth, then, you know, that's the above ground symptom. But mm-hmm. the but the real, the answer is below the ground. So I got to have my shovel yep. and I got to have a pocket knife. Mm-hmm. And so what I like to do is I like to dig in the area of those uneven, those poorly growing, less thrifty plants and find whether there's an area that's hard. Mm-hmm. And then if I can get underneath that hard area, how deep is how deep is it? How thick is it? And are any roots getting through? And checking for the roots that are getting through, that's why you got the pocket knife. Because once you get underneath that zone of compaction, you can kind of pick away at that soil underneath that layer mm-hmm. and kind of look for roots and see how much root growth you're actually getting through it. Because the more you're able to get through it, the, the more likely the crop is to kind of won't completely get itself fixed, but it'll come out of it better, right? Absolutely. And, uh, now, we can't fix soil compaction now, but at least we can be aware of it mm-hmm. so that we can plan management activities this fall and over the winter that would help us get out of that soil compaction problem. Exactly. And, you know, with a lot of rains coming during the month of May, right when you, you want to kind of try to finish up planting so you don't lose a lot of yield potential with later planting dates, you know, there were plenty of motivations to try to get out when it's a little bit too wet, maybe create some of that compaction this year. Yep. So, Wayne, what can you tell us about insect pests? I mean, there are, you know, we see a lot of insects above the soil, but a lot of the most damaging insects can actually be beneath the soil surface. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, things like, those pests we would expect to see in the month of June. So first of all, cutworms and then corn rootworm as well. Yeah, you're right, Jim. The, the two biggest insect pests in June are both in corn, and one is the black cutworm. Now, we have some other native cutworms that have probably cycled out by now, but the black cutworm uh, comes up from the south. They don't overwinter here, so they're brought up on winds from areas further south, and uh, the adult moth lays eggs And she really looks for fields that have a lot of vegetative growth. So a field that had a cover crop, a field that uh, had some weed growth, maybe the burned down herbicide didn't work quite as well as you'd like, or maybe it got a little bit of weedy before some tillage. Those are the places that you really want to pay attention for cutworm. And I I call cutworm a below-the-soil insect because while while the worms will come up above the soil surface during the night, the cutworm spends most of its time and certainly pretty much all the daytime hours underneath the soil surface and they'll they'll uh, they'll come in and feed right at that soil line or at night right above the soil line and so you'll see clipped plants yep you'll see uh, plants that got clipped and so all of a sudden they're recovering but they're behind so mm-hmm. you'll see this little you know two leaf corn plant next to a four leaf corn plant or you'll see plants that are wilting and dying and those are plants that the cutworm stayed below the surface and actually chewed into the crown and killed that plant from underneath. So you want to be out in early June looking to see whether or not you got cutworm activity in the field and uh, making a management decision if you start to see, you know, gosh, I, okay, I'll give them 5%, but I'm not going to give them 10% of my plant standing mm-hmm. corn. I want to make sure I, I'm taking care of them if I'm seeing that amount of cutting. Now, what would you do as some of those control measures to manage if you do spot or know that you're going to have issues with cutworm? Well, it's going to have to be an application, 
could be with a ground rig, probably, mm-hmm. you know, could, but an insecticide application and, and you want to, you want to check the size of the cutworms because if the cutworms are getting bigger than a half inch, they're probably not going to be around enough longer. But if you've got cutworms that are three, three eighths, half inch long, they're going to feed for another week, maybe even a little bit longer. And you probably want to take care of those. Absolutely. A big cutworm can eat a lot of corn plants down the row in a night. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> So we've seen a lot of cottonwood cotton flying, and can you tell us a little bit about what that means below the soil surface? Well, there have been studies that indicate that the release of cotton by the cottonwood trees uh, tells us that the corn rootworm are going to hatch. And June is, of course, right at the end of May, June, into June if you live further north, you know, maybe the 10th of June if we get into you know, central South Dakota and central Minnesota. But uh, from from now through the, the next 10 days, we're going to see a lot of corn rootworm hatch. And those larvae will, they're pretty hard to find at first, but mm-hmm. uh, but they grow fairly rapidly. So by the middle part of June, we should be able to start picking up second and star corn rootworm. You know, we've been running a beetle trapping program at Rob Seco. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our, our DSRs have been out putting traps in customer fields so we can learn about background corn rootworm pressure because the the larvae that are successful at eating the corn root system in June will emerge as adults. And if you monitor those adults, you kind of get an idea of what your rootworm pressure might be the next year. And over the last couple of years, we've we've seen heavier beetle flights than we saw for, for example, the prior two or three years to that. So I think yeah. we, we could have some corn out there. Of course, it's a corn-on-corn problem mostly. Mm-hmm. There are some areas where we have extended diapause or western variants where we could see corn rootworm behind uh, soybeans. Yep. But mostly I'd go to the cornfields first and, and look there, but I wouldn't leave a, a, a cornfield following beans out of my check. I'd still go out there and dig a plant or two, and especially uh, if you got some volunteer corn in a soybean field, that's a great place to look and Absolutely. see whether or not you got some corn rootworm that are on those volunteer plants because uh, once you take care of those uh, 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 volunteer plants, uh, those corn rootworm will move to the plants in the row. Absolutely, yes. They can actually move quite a bit more than you might expect beneath the, the soil surface. They can move within a couple of feet, actually, depending on uh, you know how root growth and what soil type you're in. Yep. Yeah. Not so, much early, but more later. And then, and then uh, you know, I, the other thing I want to do in June is I want to go to those bean fields and I want to I want to look at those nodules mm-hmm. and I want to make sure they have a nice pink or red color on the inside and that they're actually fixing nitrogen for me. So that that's kind of a deviation back to nutrients, but it's all about roots. It's all about, about roots. how much root mass I have and and how many nutrients I can find or fix mm-hmm. if I'm a soybean plant based on that root system. Exactly. So to kind of put everything together, I mean, it, it is all about the roots below the soil surface right now. I mean, you know, the, the above ground mass of the plant is kind of important, I guess. But, you know, right now in June, as we're entering June and throughout the month, you know, a lot of that growth and development to make a healthy crop comes from what happens beneath the soil surface. So first of all, you really want to have a large, healthy, sprawling or deep root system that can then feed the plant with both water and nutrients that it picks up from the soil, uh, as well as any avoidance of, of compaction that, that may have occurred during planting or any other time, field work, whatever it might be. So, you know, making sure you, you have a good healthy root system is important, but then also protecting that root system. So you have, you know, black cutworm that, that may not necessarily attack the roots, but it does tend to feed on the, the corn plants beneath the soil surface, which can cause variability in stand or even actual stand loss itself. Now, 
corn rootworm will feed directly on the roots of corn. And it's really important that we have the right control measures for corn rootworm because they can be one of the most yield-limiting pests that's out there. And especially as you look at the national scale, they tend to cost growers about a billion dollars a year from a study from a couple of years ago. Today's commodity prices, they may actually be higher. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, with corn rootworm, it's kind of like soil compaction. We can't fix it in the current crop unless we did something at planting time. Mm-hmm. So when we're when we're monitoring that rootworm development in the field, we're thinking about what's going to happen a year from now and how I can keep that from being a problem again. So, mm-hmm. um, so unfortunately, we got to live with them this year if they're there, but at least we can be better informed about how we progress through our management decisions a year from now. So I, I think it's really important to look for rootworm activity in, uh, in every cornfield and especially those cornfields where corn follows corn. Absolutely, for sure. And as we get later in the month, you know, let's also make sure we are checking those, the nodulation in, in soybeans. You know, that, that red or pink color, if it's green or white, probably not a good day for those soybeans. You may not be able to recognize the yield potential for that field uh, because nodulation isn't a healthy nodulation actually fixing nitrogen. But, you know, that's uh, something that we can also manage next year as we look at inoculants and making sure that we have everything starting the year in the right way. Yeah, and if, you know, and I, I got to add, and hopefully... And time for me to add that, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I if I see green nodules and I'm not making, I know I'm not fixing nitrogen the way I should, if I still have a good soybean crop, it means I had plenty of nitrogen out there, right? That the, yes. that the nodules were not working because they didn't need to. The soybean was getting all the nitrogen it needed from the soil. And so that tells me that I need to start thinking about my nitrogen program so that I don't leave that much nitrogen out there for the soybean crop. Mm-hmm. That's- when I fertilize my corn crop. That's right. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent point too. So, Wayne, anything else you'd like to add overall? Just let's grow lots of good roots in June, Jim. Let's grow lots of good roots in June, and before you know it, we're going to have tasseled corn. And make sure that you tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. Until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.